Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. And always, wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling link to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support for the podcast and head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. And you can also show your support by giving us a five-star rating. Drop that five stars. We much appreciate that a lot. Thank you all. And as always, my name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies. I've got Callum and I've got MD. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Evening, fellas. And uh, tonight we're joined by Claire from Dancers Bruin. How are you doing, Claire? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. I know this has been long overdue, um, and um, but thanks very much for taking the time and sitting down. And I know we've got a couple of your beers to sample as well, so thanks for shipping them through Eastbourne back to Bonnet <laughs> for us as well. So, I was thinking the other day, they've been, they've been on a fair trick. We've done some... Uh, we should, nothing left in them. They've been some serious <laughs> mileage. Yeah. But yeah, like Mark says, appreciate you joining us this evening. Uh, Dan's House Bruin. We'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table and see what we're drinking to start off the podcast. Mr Muir, kick us off, mate. So, funnily enough, I'm drinking a Dance House Brewing beer, um, and it's called B2B. Uh, it's their Mango Pale Ale, um, and it's inspired by um, the whole concept of back-to-back sets um, in a club, which is awesome. Um, and this beer is pretty good, too. Um, it's got a really, really intense mango um, aroma on the nose. It's quite it's 4.8%, so it's lovely and sessionable, and it's quite light on the body as well. Um, but the hop flavour stands up um, quite well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lovely treat after a long, hard day, I have to say. Um, nice and cold out fridge. It's lovely. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Uh, myself, <coughs> uh, I am drinking Funk Club, the Hazy Session IP at 4.9%, um, which kind of does what it says on the tin. Uh, essentially, citrusy. Definitely. I wouldn't mind it being a wee bit more hazy, but that's just because I love hazy beers. And I wouldn't mind a wee bit more of a fruity punch, but again, that's just because I love hazy beers. Um, But it does exactly what you'd want it to do in terms of what the brewery's ethos is, and we'll get into it in a second, in terms of having a beer that's it's it's easy to drink, it's sessionable, and it's a craft beer that you can enjoy instead of having to have some AB and Bev crap that no one really wants let's be honest but no really really enjoying it and again same as what you're saying cal um exactly what i've needed after um a long day as well um Mark, <laughs> bank holidays seem like hard work don't they <laughs> why Mark, what you got so i'm um i'm on uh, exotic soul which is a 5.8 percent grapefruit ipa and it totally took me by surprise, to be completely honest. Um, firstly, was the the colour of it. I'll kind of call it. I know it's an audio podcast, so the listeners are not got a clue. But mm, right, well, like it's got this sort of like ale colour, like kind mm. of darker. Um, I don't want to say brown, because I think that always puts. But it's got a darker um, ale colour to it. But my God, it punches you with grapefruit. And obviously, if you're a listener to the podcast, you know uh, the only way is bitter for for me. And mm-hmm. it's got that sort of it's a, like it's got the cascade and the grapefruit combination that you would expect from like a grapefruit beer. So it has a slight bitterness to it, but then this, it has this real like lingering 
grapefruit flavour. Like it's like a mixed with a bit. Of, it's got kind of like a tropical aspect to it as well. I'm just trying to put. I've, I've had two big mouthfuls of it, knowing that I was going to have to talk about it. So <laughs> and try to put my finger on it. It's it's sort of oddly enjoyable so far, and I don't mean that in a bad way because. <laughs> All the flavours are exactly what I want from a grapefruit IPA, um, and it's just it's, it's sweet. Got the, it's got the grapefruit, yeah, and it's got the grapefruit, so it's doing exactly what it says in the tin. At five point eight percent, it's probably a little bit heavier than um, you know a lighter beer for jumping around a dance hall, but at the same time, it is a dance hall. Sessionable. Dance hall. Dan- <laughs> he's back in the fifties, not. Dance hall, soul, no. Jumping up, jumping up for this quick step or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a, I did like how it says that we take your soul back to the dance floor. That's one of the. That's, that's kind it. of the tagline that's on the sides, um, which I which I quite like. But I was going to call it the discotheque, to be completely honest. So I was going to go, oh, right. um, but uh, no, it's um, for a grapefruit. Uh, styled beer, I know they can be a bit hit or miss, and we've had uh, quite good combos on them before. But uh, yeah, they can uh, be quite divisive as well, eh? You know, because exactly. if you don't, if you don't like that kind of really bitter punch, it's quite, it can be quite off-putting. But aye. but sounds good, mate. Sounds good, mate. Uh, Claire, you got, you got one yourself, or you staying dry? <laughs> well, I didn't know I was meant to bring one, but I obviously got the fridge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I don't have one, but it's funny you say that about the Exotic Soul. Yeah, the Exotic Soul one's an interesting one, I think. It always uh, even takes me by surprise sometimes because it is very dark as a beer. And especially like my like the design we went with it is very like out there and tropical looking. But when you take it, there's a lot of flavour going on in there. Yeah. Um, smell and uh, like aroma essentially, but it's very tangy, I think. Tangy is a really good word to describe it, actually. It's got... Like, I, I, without this sounding really bad, but I'm, this is what's coming <laughs> to my mind. But it's sort of got that, like, like the like the cough medicine, like the sweet cough medicine smell about it. Um, I know what you is, mean. Um, and it's just that sh- pure sugar, like, like sweetness that you, you're like, this is going to be quite interesting. But it doesn't taste that way either. So, yeah. it, like, it does, like, you're. It's kind of messes with old, um, kind of the sensory kind of palate and stuff. But no, it's um, and that's it's one of the great things, and this is why we love tasting um, different beers and, and you know people, you know, different brewers put their own spin um, on things and how you want it to come out and all the rest of it. And like you say, a grapefruit IP can be quite decisive. So you're um, are divided even so you are, um, you're kind of making it. Uh, a discussion piece, at least. Yeah, I think, that's, I think from what I've, I've obviously I've kind of looked up before having this chat with you, Clint, having you on the podcast is mm-hmm. that's what kind of you guys as as a brewery are, are you are putting a different spin on things and um, trying to attract a, a dance audience, so to speak, or a, a kind of gig audience. Before we kind of get in deep with that, how did the how did the, the brewery come to be? How did it all start? Um, so idea kind of started in 2020 in August so with that basically so my main job is I work as a lecturer at college mm-hmm. so I'm actually teach business funnily enough um, but I drink a lot of beer and I grew up with my <laughs> dad brewing beer so my dad used to work for well be in the RAF essentially and he would brew like loads of homebrew but like a large volume of it for all the, the guys in the RAF 
So he's had loads of experience in it as well. Um, and I, at the time, I, like I drank loads of craft beer as well, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, but with my job as well, I've always wanted to start my own business as well. Um, so I kind of basically combined both my passions. So my passion of, you know, enjoying a nice craft beer, getting the expertise from my dad kind of thing and chatting to him mm -hmm. about it and having something in common to kind of talk about in a sense, because unfortunately my dad got cancer. So like he's been stuck in the house as well. And he'll be like, oh, Claire, you need to look at this new brewery or what have you, check this one out, or I bought you some new beers. It's a really nice thing to have with him. Um, and I DJ and I've worked on events in the past, um, in the night kind of life industry and dance music kind of focused and always had, I don't know, I just always found it really interesting. Um, and yeah, it just kind of combined both of them. And also like, when I went to these events, there's been nothing there in the terms of craft. Like it's, I mean, we all know like, most of them, dare I say, either get like a red stripe or a tenant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can find. Um, and you know what, I feel like as well, it needs a bit of a kind of a shift in it because I feel like everywhere else has got on board with like, let's yeah. actually look for quality, except for kind of the music venues and the events. They're mm -hmm. like, just just, yeah, and like nobody cares and it's like and they just I think as well just say that the audience doesn't care but really you know if we look at every other type of thing nowadays more and more people are caring about the quality of the product except when Definitely. it comes to beer in these kind of venues and events so uh so yeah started a started the idea kind of process in August and that was the main problem was looking for brewers that we wanted to work with you on yeah. it on the idea Stumbled across Rab from uh, Hybrid Brewing, great guy. Uh, straight away was very interested. He was very nice um, to chat to. He was up up for it. Like I have to say, one thing Rab's very like me. He's like, let's give it a go, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know. Yeah. You can always say he tried, um, and I think he's been great since meeting him. So did that. Started with my new business partner, trying to get him involved, and in October. We'd put our website live and, you know, put our kind of story about us, you know, what we're trying to do with the company. And we got quite a lot of, um, you know, a lot of positive, what would we say, like positive news on like social media, for instance. People were really interested or messaging saying, where can we get? And it was, we started that month with pre-orders. So we did that mm -hmm. for a month. And in November, people were selling it and, you know, by, you know, I think it was by December, January, we had quite a few sales. and in the picture essentially mm -hmm. um but yeah and it went from there and we just started with the techno liquor and we did the techno liquor as like a yeah. 12 pack and that's what we kind of ran with at the start and the ones you're drinking at the moment are the ones was like after that event was where i was kind of like i really want to go into some really kind of specific different kind of flavors instead of just you know your blondales or your mm -hmm. saisons or like your lagers or whatever and try something different. So that's why I went into like quite a few different flavor profiles with different even yeasts and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting to have a look at. Definitely, it's definitely like a Callum. You you go to more gigs than we do. Um, I can't actually remember the last time I went to a gig <laughs> or a nightclub. Um, but like you do know that the the it's you get the the same old crap. You get the shit beer. Yeah. And you don't get any options. And it's, it's yeah. I mean, price. I think. I think a lot, a lot of times it's difficult if you're going to, like, sort of a, 
like a, I want to say like a chain venue. So so be, there'll be certain acts that will go to like all the other academies across the country, mm-hmm. and all of these all of these venues will have the same sort of contract with all the breweries and stuff. So I can imagine it'd be quite difficult to get in, get your foot in the door with that kind of venue. But certainly with local venues, um, I think it's it's a, it's a good idea because you know there's nothing worse than going to a venue and particularly like you know. If it's somebody that I want to see, I, I'm I'm going to be there early and I'm going to be at the front. But that doesn't mean that I'm not. That but doesn't mean that I'm going to stop drinking, you know. So mm-hmm. you, you want there to be something nice there for you to drink. And a lot of the time, you're absolutely right that it's just it's just your generic guff, um, and it, it's as though yeah, we'll put a lot of effort into the production of the show that you're going to see, but what you're drinking at the same time is kind of an afterthought. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a great approach because. I would love to go to a venue and get something craft, you know, as opposed to, you know, I was at, I was at the Brixton Academy and I had to drink Heineken. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was it was horrific. So Heineken seems to be the main one that's out there at the moment. And if you're you're right in what you said, so trying to get your foot in the door, that's been mm. the biggest uh, problem um, mm. with that because so many people have got contracts and they're like, no, mm. we have to go with what's on there, and that's been a really big stumbling block. Um, with trying to get into certain venues, but you're right about local. So I was in contact and meeting with quite a few local vendors like last week, for instance, as well. We've had like our beer and Sneaky Pete's, which is like nightclub in Cowgate in Edinburgh. Yeah, um, I've played there. I have you? <laughs> a long, long time ago. <laughs> nice company. Oh, we drank there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know the kind of venue. I mean, that's like what yeah, hundred. Yeah, but those, but but yeah, but if you think about Edinburgh, there's you know if there's one if there's one independent venue, there's a thousand independent venues. Yeah. You know, and if they can all, if, you know, if you can get your foot in the door with ten percent of that, you're 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 on a winner to start with. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Sorry, but it's really interesting that the these venues haven't moved with the times yet because we've seen a lot and i suppose it is just recently but you know like the whole like football stadiums and all the rest of it are starting to come around that way where local breweries are getting taps on in the stadium and in and around the stadiums and things like that so to be honest it, it might be something that's like on the horizon you know and it is and like you say you've got you've got a bit of brand awareness that's going to, and a bit of brand that's going to match in with that sort of ethos and stuff as well. So, um, like, I, it's one of these things. I'm just, I'm surprised. I just, uh, like counted. I just think I agree with you. I like, I'm surprised, but at the same time, I'm not surprised because like they, it's basically getting a shit ton of beer for as cheap as possible and selling it at extortionate price, like six, seven pound a pint. Because they know people are going to buy it. They don't the people as much as you, you want an option and you want a craft beer option, if you've only got one option, that's that's what you're drinking. And they know it's going to sell, unfortunately, because people are in that environment where they want to keep drinking, they want to have a good time. So you're just going to go, oh, I'm just going to have to put up and shut up. But it obviously comes to a point where people are going to go, Come on, like do us a favor, just give us something else. Like I think that the idea between the behind the brewery is amazing. I love that. I, like, if you're in my car, my car is bouncing. By the way, my my car may as well be a nightclub. And to, if I could, I shouldn't I shouldn't say pair that with beer because I shouldn't drink and drive, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> but having those two things, like, I love dance music, and I've got get my got my decks out and uh, during COVID and stuff, and I'm 
partying them and my living room and that. So like that for me and having craft beer was amazing. But if you can go to a venue, a nightclub, whatever, and have just not have shit beer all the time, just have another option, please. Thank mm. you. It would just be amazing. Have you just to kind of open that up? I suppose like have you got have venues sort of kind of pushed back on it by saying you know that we we don't see a need for it because you know or is it oh well we're under or do we kind of always just come back to the we're under contract we buy this beer um it's mixed so it's it'll be mixed because obviously as you said like they want it for the cheapest and oh my days i thought littles was one of the cheap but let's just say I seen a, I met a venue the other day and I was like, that's stealing beer off me, like, you know. <laughs> um, and I thought, wow, because that's a chain as well. And it was interesting because the options they had for, like, beers that weren't like Heineken, they had about four options that were obviously companies that Heineken owned as well. And then there was about three or four options that were a bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the uh, breweries at Toast, the one that makes it with, like, yeah. bread and that. They had them and they had... It Freedom Brewery? Yeah, Freedom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> them as well. And there was one more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And I thought, okay, that's a bit of a, an odd kind of collection. A lot of the ones they had, they never had that much uh, or that many. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit of both. So either I, it was only the other day that someone had said that, oh, we're under these people or we're under these, or um, they'll come back and they'll be interested. There has been people obviously come back and they're quite interested and they're really up for it. Like, do you know the region rooms in Dundee? No, I do not. Okay. If you're a Dundon and I suppose you'd know, or if you're a student that went there like <laughs> myself, um, you would know it very well. And it's quite well respected um, in like the kind of dance music community of like small independent venues. Um, yep. But like sub club, sneaky peeps, that kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who runs that, he's been doing like it for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years or something ridiculous, <laughs> like club nights and all that. And he was like, Let, let's just have dance houses, the one number one lagger, and we'll just get rid of everything else because you understand the ethos and we'll go with it. I was a bit like, ooh, I was like taken aback by that. Um, and that's the kind of thing you need, the kind of thing you need for like relationships wise is yeah. building that. It's been really interesting, like, who you meet, because we've given beer to, like, certain DJs, like, local DJs, like the Edinburgh Disco Lovers, we've given beer to Jess Simpson, like, um, Maka, Lowry, I know their names would probably, like, go over your head, but, you know, they're in Glasgow, for instance, Edinburgh, you know, and they're moving about, and just by chance as well, I went to talk to someone down at Leaf Arches the other day, mm-hmm. and they do events in there. Um, and Edinburgh Disco Lovers are doing an event in there, so straight away, like, yeah, let, let's bring the beer in for that because you've yeah, been kind of working with them. So it's about who you meet, and I think you need to be quite open. Yeah, yeah. I think we can, we can, we can definitely testament to that. It's, it's nine out of ten. It's who you know, and um, like I said, building those relationships will definitely um, help the brand and help the, the brewery get bigger and bigger. And I think doing that pairing up with DJs is, is perfect. Um, because like they travel, they travel a yeah. shit ton. So like, if they're walking around going, "What, what's that crap beer over there? Why have you not got dance house beers in?" Yeah, they're, they're, like having those people involved and having those people traveling around the country and going into venues and like I said, you they can get back in touch with you and say, "Look, these guys are interested." Like, definitely way to do it. Definitely way to do it. Yeah, we did that. We had um, we've had Nightwave. That's our female DJ. 
she mm -hmm. we did a collection for her to have um when she was DJing and we got her beer into Club 69 in Paisley. So mm -hmm. I noticed the DJ straight away on the first weekend was sending us like, you know, stories of them drinking the beer, which I thought was quite cool. Um, it was funny though, because they were drinking a disco fuel and I was like, it's a pure techno night. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, each their own. Um, but yeah, it was quite good fun. So it is, is he... fun, it's fun to see. Because what you could like, here's like, my, I'm just thinking about that sort of Best, like, really good way of doing it. I'm like, oh, if, if you were, if you had a DJ that you really liked and and you got tickets for them, it's like, oh, if you be the first however many people when you get a dance house beer, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna go because I want to make sure I get that that beer up. Anyway, sorry, off on a tangent. Off yeah, a tangent. no, we, we've done stuff like that for like charities and stuff like that. Added like beers to the box and stuff in the past. Yeah, definitely. But no, um, talk us through, um. The, the labels and stuff because for me like they're some of the best looking labels i've seen especially in 330 cans um they look wicked they definitely kind of back up the ethos of dance house and that kind of techno and acid house and kind of all that kind of stuff who makes them and inspiration which is obvious well, one one lady band essentially it's me <laughs> <laughs> i don't have no design degree or anything but i just love design and that's yeah. one of the things for me because I think with like, I'm a really big music lover, whether it's dance music or not, it can happily be indie music I'm into or, yeah. um, you know, like old stuff, even like disco and stuff like that, I'm really into. And I just don't know, I've just always had a thing for design, but I love club posters. Mm -hmm. Like some of them can be really cool looking. And I still don't think we're at that level of like, oh, they're awesome. But um, I think the one thing I found hard is kind of like the consistency thing. Yep. Um, because obviously we did our kind of core range. So our core range, when we first started, we were going to do like, um, we did the techno liquor, we did the disco feel, we did the house spirit. And the other one that we had, we used to have on our website, we never actually got around to even making, was our jazzy juice, which right. was obviously going to be for like kind of more jazz. <laughs> kind of Yeah, but you used to be able to get like, there's a kind of like a jazzy house kind of vibe you can get, but it's not very like big, obviously, on the club scene or anything like that. I just quite like the name essentially and um, yeah and it was very bright orange and i just don't know maybe so, had some kind of iron and brew vibes i don't know <laughs> um, but those were the kind of three so they were like a core and then after that i kind of went a bit rogue i suppose but then tried to mix them all in so that like, like the one after that you'd probably maybe seen at some point we did lost club life and i did mm -hmm. that because we couldn't get on the dance floors like that was a huge problem and as i said I, I dj as well and scotland was the only country that was not letting you play background music and that was like that was just like so many people's jobs were on the line yep um like all those djs that were traveling at like sometimes two gigs a day you know were just like stuck at home and they were doing like me i did um i did what i ended up calling the national house shuffle nhs basically and did like dj things every day for about an hour to two hours live and like trying to raise money and people were putting money in from america and stuff it was really funny what social media can do yeah no. so i thought let's come up with a beer for all the kind of producers and that that have made the music because when you make a track obviously you're very excited to put on the dance floor and that's the best feeling isn't it putting a song out yeah. and uh they were putting songs out and everyone was like yeah they're in the church but you can't dance unless you're dancing in your kitchen kind of thing and that's what <laughs> was doing a lot of like you know who's dancing in their kitchen tonight because they launched the radio one dance uh channel as well so i thought that was quite a cool one to do 
And then I did Funk Club as well. And I've always wanted a hazy. I always wanted a hazy in our collection. And I would like to like work on a bit more of a kind of hazies as well going forward. So then we brought out Funk Club. So yeah, so the design wise is all me. Um, I like it on um, just like base it on club posters. Usually look yeah. through different things. Typography and stuff is what I quite enjoy. So yeah, I made the labels. Um, you'll see at the side of each beer can, we've got the part written about, obviously, we give money to the nighttime um, industries. Yep. NTIA. Um, that was really big for me. I really wanted them on board because I don't know if you guys know anything about them at all. I've heard of them. Yeah. I've not looked into it. Oh, I, don't, I don't. So give us a, give us a, a overview. Yeah, so basically you would have seen it was very prominent during lockdown, let's just say, because they were really campaigning to say like nighttime the nighttime industry like brings so much money to the economy, for instance, or the nighttime economy as they call it. And we're very up about, you know, going against the government and the rules that we're bringing in with like, you know, we can't can't have the the beer like the bars even open for instance the pubs can't be open or if they are you need to have it like you know 50 percent capacity and all these yeah. kind of rules. and they were campaigning especially about the music in the scotland as well it was a big thing um so i thought let's bring someone in that's that we can kind of give back to that it kind of all works in a circle because they're the people that are trying to help the nightclubs stay open they're going to be our customers um in some aspect or our actual customers the dancers will go there as well you know because yep. it kind of surrounds our business and i thought it was quite a good kind of collaboration to kind of join with so we thought let's give five pence to them um and that can go towards like their marketing or you know getting that spreading the word about or you know doing any kind of campaigns that would help us as well essentially mm -hmm. because it's a knock-on effect and people thought it was crazy setting a business up in, in lockdown, you know, especially <laughs> dance music one when everything's closed. But, you know, I always say, why not? This is the perfect time. Well, exactly. But, but no, it makes sense, like you said, that kind of circle, because they're looking after those um, nighttime venues and stuff. And if, if they're on board and they see the work that you're doing to encourage people to kind of go towards, towards them and help them in those venues as well, Hopefully that that means that you'll get customers at the end of the day. You'll get people. You'll get venues. You'll get um, dancers and and nightclubbers all wanting to have and enjoy your beer. Um, so it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to have that that relationship with them. Um, the one the one other thing I wanted to ask is is because obviously you you collaborate with um, Rabbit Hybrid with regards to making the beers. What's the process in terms of going and, and picking the styles and what beers you want to make? Sure. So sometimes we do like test kits, for instance. Sometimes it will literally be a conversation with Rab regarding like hops that I maybe enjoy and say like, mm -hmm. oh, these hops would be quite good. You know, maybe we should try this. And he's like, mm, okay, we'll have a look at that and we'll work on it. Um, sometimes it can be stuff that he's done and he's like, I've done this, but I've never really like sold it or like I did it as a special, or what have you. Maybe we could add this to it, for instance. Um, we just kind of talk about it. I'll really talk about what kind of beer I want to make because, you know, my crowd's different than his crowd, for instance. Because yeah. if you look at his labels compared sure. to my label, we're completely opposite. <laughs> that was one of the questions I was going to bring up, though, because obviously the, the breweries just along the road I've been in, I've helped them brew as well, you know, so I know the kit and stuff and the, like you say, his, 
even his target audience and the styles that he's creating, you know, are, you know, light cask beers, basically, you know, everything from, you know, light blondes to golden ales and all the rest of it. Whereas, you know, I've got a couple of cans of yours in front of me and I've got a Kavik IPA, I've got a Brut IPA and I've got a, a Grapefruit IPA, you know, and yeah. you just, it's so different. Yeah, so, yeah, essentially, yeah, because he's got, he's got some really, like, see, when I first met him, I thought, I don't know if this will work, like, relationship great and everything, and then I was looking at his, like, kind of style and everything, like, even, like, the branding and stuff, and I thought, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, but then that was the whole part I could really change, you know, it was, at the end of the day, it was about the quality of the beer that, you know, yeah. he makes and, like, what his kit was and how it would work um, between us, so that was the main thing, but, yeah, there's quite a few there that, I remember being like to him, even like, I've never tried one of these. Like, what is it actually like? Like, I think the other day he was doing like a, was a red lager or something like that. He was telling me about. I was like, a red lager. I was like, that is red. He's, he usually bruises red quite a lot, actually. Um, I can't remember. I, I used to buy it in the B5 litre kegs that he had because yeah. that just made That's... it a wee bit easier for larger beers, yeah. basically. But, um, <laughs> No, it's, yeah. it, it, it's just like you say, it's so interesting. And I think, I suppose from his point of view as well, it's it's a really cool kind of experiment. Like it allows him to kind of stick with what he, like he's got a, he's got a traditional brand. He's got a traditional like, um, like beer list, etc. But with these conversations and these collaborations that he's having with yourself, it's allowing him to experiment and, you know, try mm -hmm. these different hops to kind of match up with what you're looking for. And, and and like you said, as long as from your point of view that the relationship's good and he's obviously he's making the beer that you want him to make, then it's it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's very good. I mean, yeah, we've had some funny, funny laughs uh, over the time. Let's just say that. But uh, no, he's, 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 he's. I think he's really great. Um, and he's like me as well. Like he's got a second job. Yeah. You know, I've got what three jobs in total: DJ, teacher, and um, I don't know, real lady, as I call it. But who knows? Uh, but yeah, no, he's he's been great. And I think as well, like when I talk to other people, like. I think some brands are, and I think this is because he doesn't do it full time, but some brands are very much like, we just see it as a problem kind of thing or just a bit of a hassle. But he's yeah. always been really good. and been like, no, let's go for it. Let's try it. And like, yeah, that's just how it's worked. It's just worked well. Yeah. It's quite a, it's quite, if you don't mind me saying, it's quite a ballsy um, move to, to set up, want to set up a brewery when you don't brew, you know, and you've got no, You've, you've you know you've not got any i know you're saying your your dad your dad's got a lot of brewing experience so you've got that that to call on and stuff but you've you uh, have you done ho any homebrew yourself or yeah, yeah or we have like that? Yeah, yeah. right 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 right, right. Oh, okay yeah sorry I've obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously got a bit uh, we've a bit had some problems there. and we've had some good ones like <laughs> right, well yeah that's the same everybody yeah but you know yeah. to, to want to start a brewery but to, to immediately hand over the reins of brewing to, to somebody else yeah, uh, obviously yeah. you've you've got you've got control over what you want to brew and stuff but but yeah. handing that that control in the first instance though to somebody else is, is quite a quite a brief thing to do yeah no um i think like do you know like the brand like shindigger mm -hmm. yeah 
like was I think that was two friends, wasn't it, that used to brew, like do homebrew and they'd sell it at their parties. Yeah. Um and then they set it up. Um like and I, I live like right across the road from Belfield Brewery. Yep. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Um I live right near them. So like what I was going to say was, no, I've got experience because that's what I always think that that because you guys are my first kind of big conversation. I always thought people will think that they'll just think, and especially kind of my background and stuff, they'll be like, well, how does she know anything about brewing? But no, um, I've done quite a wee bit of brewing um, before we ever like took charge and did that kind of thing. Um, and as I said, some some were successful and some weren't. And I've got I've got four brothers in total, but three of them are hefty big beer drinkers and it was like <laughs> right had the whole family out like what ones do you think and they just want constant german lager german lager that's what they're asking always i'm like oh no uh, and they'd come back saying that one's really great and i'm like really because i hate it <laughs> like <laughs> so um now he so when i was growing up like my dad would have the kits like going and you know you'd hear them blubbering away or what have yeah. you and um no i've got like i think i've got five homebrew kits like you know like and i live in a flat so you know what i mean a tenement <laughs> flat so we always were quite scared that it would blow up and like soak the neighbor downstairs <laughs> or something. we've had some fun ones let's just say um but no uh now we've done lots of things as well whether we bottled it you know had the kind of yeah. pet bottles and stuff but moved on to cans and stuff like that but um no uh, is there, is there any that. is there any plans or aspirations to like? Oh, I know you've got that relationship with Rab and Hybern that's going fantastic. Have you have you got a, a? Do you hope one day that you can go look? This is we're going to be brewing in our own place, and we're like oh, that you are in control of it. I would hundred percent love that. I think if I think if I had that, there'd be so many more things I would do. Like, um, yeah. for instance. Uh, I'd want some kind of setup that's similar to say like Signature Brew, if you ever seen yes. them or heard of them. Yeah, so they do obviously gigs and they're all about like kind of indie music, rock, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And we're a bit like that. My, I, personally, if it was the dream, let's just say, it would be like open type of bars essentially, like kind of like a brew dog kind of style system, but with a dance floor where you would do streaming of DJs playing and stuff and make it like a really big thing. Yep. That would be what I would really like. And obviously with a brewery, obviously part of that. That would be the dream. I actually did have a gentleman who I know who's like um like a DIY guy that I've had before and he used to do bits for my mum and he was like, Claire, I want to open a brewery. He's like, would you be interested in coming with me and doing that? And I was like, hundred percent, but what kind of vibe are we going for here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are we going? Are we, like, are we, are we going yeah, are we going old man brewery? Are we going the uh, techno? That's, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's very, very different. I think. I, I mean, obviously, it's my business. I like the idea. I think you know, you always have dreams and aspirations. I mean, currently, the what we've done so far is really focused on online sales. Yep. And what I've been trying to do recently in the last month or so, at least, is been focusing on events and venues and try and mm -hmm. focus on local. Yeah. We also did a little bit of, like, um, delivery within the area of, like, Edinburgh, for instance, to just see what it was like if people were wanting that. And to be fair, like, they were putting an order and I said, right, I'll make a custom batch for you. What would you like kind of thing? And did that because it's a bit different. And that's the way I think you're going to have to go because even we're saying obviously like the generic brands, but even there's a huge volume of craft beer brands, you know? Yep. 
And um, I think you are going to have to do something that's a bit different to get seen, essentially. 100%. And if you look at... Oh, oh sorry. No, no, I was just, I was just going to... It's a really competitive market. And like you say, you, you have you're building a brand around sort of the dance house dance halls sort of disco techs whatever you want to call them say that again um, i did say again and that's why i went full on discotheque um or the disco doof doof as it used to be back um, but like you say being able to do that's, that's a that's a that's an inside joke sorry yeah, sorry um like a total but doing something that is um sort of kind of off the beaten track a little bit i think will only uh, like kind of help establish your brand and what you're trying to do and we callum and i have had a we've had we've got the the dreams of building brewery and all the rest of it at the moment too and it's like where do you pitch yourself without saying right we're going to take on the you know the verdants and the days of the world and the craft beer you're never going to do that um but at the same time you know you've where you're kind of finding your little niche, basically. Yeah, um, I think that's it, isn't it? It is a bit niche. I mean, we are. there's many venues where we're like, no, it's not going to work, and that's because we put ourselves in that pocket, essentially. But mm -hmm. it works on, like, as I was saying, like the reading rooms and the competes and stuff like that, because we that's where our audience is, and I've, I've made no qualms about it. I know who the target audience is, like, and I know who I've been trying to target mostly but um yeah can i um just while we're sort of going around i don't know if anybody else has switched beer you right must now. have read my mind mate you must have read my mind um but i've uh, i've opened up the uh, the garage bevy um which again is another wicked name um so this is a 6.6 percent brute ipa and I've got to admit, Claire, I lifted this one out of the selection with because it was the one that kind of the style always gives me a bit gives of. Gives you the feel. Uh, it's it's a style that I think can be a really hit or miss, and I, mm -hmm. these are the kind of beers when we've got the, you know, the the brewer and the the person that's got the had the the idea and kind of putting it together i always like trying these beers because it's a perfect time to like chat about it um so for me the first thing off this is it, it reminded me of the first drink of like a belgian ale like a blonde ale that has this really um sort of wheaty sweetness that kind of goes with it and then it's sort of like kind of mangoey, like kind of got a fruitiness to it, but then the dryness just comes right off the back mm -hmm. that you'd expect from the brew IPA, and it has that like, like you say, I'm not saying like dry, it totally dries the mouth up, but it just it's like a a, a moorish sort of feel to it. It's actually one of the one of the tastiest brew IPAs I've ever had because it isn't like. It's actually it's smooth to drink and it's quite Moorish, um, and like that's something that I don't normally say when it comes to that particular style. Um, yeah. So it's quite wicked. Callum, are you on the same? Yeah, mate. I'm on. I'm on exactly the same beer, and um, I'm glad you spoke about it first because uh, it saved me a job. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, uh, uh, you're, you're absolutely echoing my um, my sentiments regards sort of the trepidation of a brute IPA because it's 
because it's it is definitely hit or miss, and and certainly from my experience, it's more more often missed than hit um, mm-hmm. with with a brute IPA. But this this really does hit the mark quite well. Um, I think it's it's an IPA first, and then it's kind of a brute second. Um, but it's interesting that it's it's the same it's the same hop as the the back to back that I just had. It's a Zaka. Um, this one's teamed with Mosaic as opposed to Citra in the first instance. But but the mango is like really 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 subtle in this one compared to it sort of smacking you around the mouth and in, in the last one and um, but what i love is that 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 sort of champagne characteristic of it's a really small bubble and and it makes the beer really really soft and smooth um if you imagine you're drinking a, a glass of sparkling wine as opposed to a fizzy drink for example it's the the bubbles are a lot smaller and it makes the whole drink seem a lot more soft and smooth um and it's got a great body to it and it's a uh, it's it's on the right side of sessionable for us at six and six point six. So that's uh, no, it's, it's a real winner for me, and I I am, and as I say, I'm glad Mark spoke about it first, um, <laughs> and I and I know exactly why he picked it up out the, out of the bunch because it would have been hopefully in his mind it would have been the easiest one to try and pick holes in, and that would have been that would have been the easy job. But it's it's stumps on that front. Um, I can't I can't really find any any fault at all. It's brilliant. Sounds good, guys. Sounds good. Uh, myself, I am on Acid House, the Kavik IPA at 5.6% with Citra and Amarillo. Um, this is just like bursting with, like, bursting with absolute juiciness and hops and aroma. Um, you definitely get that Kavik um, kind of um, funky white whiny at the end of it, which is really, really nice. Um, and it's, it's really different from your kind of your normal IPAs. Um, which is it's proper like th- I want to say like thirst quenching almost like you're like it's what exactly what you would need. Um, mine's was potentially slightly overcarbonated because it exploded and pushed everywhere, but that's potentially <laughs> my fault. <laughs> that means oh, not, too much. <laughs> potentially, yes. Um, but apart from that, um, thoroughly it's a thoroughly enjoyable beer. There's a nice wee bit of sediment as well at the bottom, which I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of sediment in the bottom of my beers. I thought I quite enjoy it. All the beers are ca- all the beers are in conditions as well, so um, exactly. so that's like an occupational hazard. Um, it is. If you um, if you like craft beer, you just learn to love that too. So I know. Yeah. And if people are and people who are new to craft beer and you see little bits in the bottom of your can uh, your cans your glass, there's nothing wrong with it. It's absolutely fine. Don't freak the fuck out. It is mm. normal. I had, I had a great one um, the other day from, is it Wagamalas? They'd done like a collaboration um, oh, and it had it had peach puree floating about because it was really like floating about and I was like, what is this I'm drinking? You know, I had a good look at the can. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's peach puree. <laughs> I think Scott, Scott, Miguel last week had, what, did they have peanuts or what was it? No, it was what? me, it was coconut. Oh, um, coconut. I had the, I had the, the coconut froth from Overtone. But it was it was cold out of the fridge, so all the coconut solids and all that were all sitting on the top, and it looked like it looked oh, yeah. dead dead scummy and minging on the top. Um, <laughs> but it, once it once it warmed up and they all sort of dissolved back into the beer, it was fine. And... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's just like something that comes along with craft beer, um, and I think as well, like people that just don't know about it are a bit like, oh, what is that? <laughs> do you find here's here's a quick do you find like that that for a venue for people that run these venues can be a, an off-putting factor as well like because sometimes because they're so used to to buying these kind of in-bev beers and stuff and then as soon as they see something in the bottom of the glass they're like oh that's that's not right 
Wait for that. I, mean, I, I only imagine that could be something that, that a venue owner would be like, who normally drinks tenants constantly and doesn't drink anything else, goes, What is that? Yeah, I can imagine so. Luckily enough, the venues are dark. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, lots of light going on. So, they're not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not something that's ever actually cropped up, funnily enough. But to be fair to them, um, when I do have a meeting, I usually like. I was in like, let's say that, like the other day, I was in the Alchemist. Now the yeah. Alchemist, to me, I was really shocked that came back and they were like, yeah, really interested in Edinburgh. We're quite interested. Apparently they might be opening another venue in Edinburgh and they're gonna open one in Glasgow and they're really interested. But um, it was more like, cause they're working at the time, you have to leave the beer. You can't sit there and have a, a beer with them. Whereas I feel like most owners, you know, you can have a little sip and taste of it surely. But, yeah. Um, it's quite a hard one, but no, no one's ever said that as of yet. Um, I, you know. I would take it a step back, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people that are macro lager drinkers will see a hazy beer or a colour that isn't the same. It's That's not true. even like... And it's not like yeah, the clear. clear. It's not like see-through beer and mm -hmm. think, oh, this beer's off or it's skunked or whatever it is. <laughs> and you'll be thinking, you know, and I know that, you know, You've got the cast lovers and all the rest of it, but you no, know, there is still a, a, a large portion of the UK beer drinker that Christ. has. Mark, could you imagine? Could you imagine cast beer in the twig and back? <laughs> well, see that. Uh, yeah, the thing. The thing about that is that you need to make sure, and I suppose this is a thing you've got to have your, your conversations clear, but you've got to make sure that the bars actually going to look after your beer for you as well because you know if you're you know let's be honest the, the a, a keg of tenants we keep using that you know is going to get flushed through quite quite rapidly during an event if your beer is only going to sell you know half of what that is then you know then there's a half sitting and then you know, is it going to get, you know, and that's the kind of thing when, and these events aren't every night, are they? So it might be an event every weekend or every two weekends. So are, are they really, uh, just when you mentioned cask there, Gav, I was thinking this is what was going through my head. No, it makes, no it's, a good, it's a good point, mate. Like looking after the old taps and the, mm -hmm. the pipes and all the rest of it. Funnily enough, like, I've, I was chatting to someone the other day about like having like a, a guest kind of keg on kind of thing our guest tap and um they weren't they were okay about it but most people that i spoke to because i asked them do you want it in a keg do you want it in a can bottle but cans always the one and i think it's because of the vigils mainly as well they're really yeah. interested in that and one of the big things i'm trying to do at the moment is do collaborations with venues so have like a dance house alchemist kind of beer yeah. that's the kind of thing i'm doing whereas a lot of the big ones aren't doing that kind of thing. We see collaborations with between breweries, but I don't think we see too many collaborations with venues. And I think that's a an interesting take that I would like we to spoke do. About, we spoke about that the other week, didn't we? I, I, I forget exactly who it was we spoke about it with, uh, which is really bad. Um, but they, are, they, they were coming at it from a food perspective um, and, and pairing up with chefs and pairing up with restaurants and with a view to to pair and craft beer with a meal, um, so so but yeah, but it's obviously coming at it from a different angle, but with the same sort of thing in mind, you know, but um, you know, a venue with a, a particular night or a particular style of music in mind, well, yeah, we'll create a beer specifically for that event. I think that's I think that's a great idea. Definitely. Yeah, 
Um, and that's where everyone seems to be interested in, whether it was Alchemist, whether it was like the Leaf Arches down the road, mm-hmm. um, whether it was like, so like, so that was that was venues mainly or event based, they were very interested. And we have worked along, like, we're really upset, like last year, just at the end of last year, because we were working with Terminal V, which is in Ingolston. That's like 20,000 people. Um, we were creating a collaboration beer with them. And because of COVID, it got like, literally they had to shut down. And it was like, boom, there goes a massive order. Damn, you know, and that would have been a great one to have because that's like the really high end. And that's the one thing that I have to say is really interesting with just having like a beer company as it is. And as I said, I, I teach. So I see it as a really good learning opportunity even for me to then like pass down to the students. Uh-huh. Um, because there's so many things that um, you just don't foresee and, and you can't teach unless you experience these things. And you yeah. can say, what about this, this? So it's actually led to me. So I've got three classes that are doing the same subject kind of thing. And it's led to me doing like a, we're doing non-alcoholic drinks. And this was um, <laughs> something that I thought, let's do this and see what they come up with. So we've got loads of ones out there. Some students have got some great names for them, I have to say, and some some interesting branding, I have to say. Go <laughs> so, yeah, and so everyone's like, Claire, get your students to do all your work for you. You know, they can come up with all the new brands. I'm like, yep. yeah, but I don't know if I'll, that'll come back on me. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can really give them a sign a disclaimer. Yeah, we could do. Just say a little yeah. word, please. Yeah. But uh, it's been interesting because we've looked at all like the kind of design and packaging and labeling, um, and it's really interesting to get kind of an idea on that. Um, and yeah, it's it's been good for me to just be able to like kind of share some of the kind of experience I've had with that, and how yeah. even like relationship building. I mean, that's something that you have to be really good at. Definitely, definitely, hundred percent. Do you do you feel like if that one you like that one you were mentioning there, like if you feel like you you get one big venue and like you say get one big order like that because what yeah. te- what kind of tends to happen obviously the, the people that organize these events obviously go on to organize events of a similar size and they don't just do one event a, a year like if mm-hmm. you feel like if you get one of these ones that that, that can build and that can just grow and just kind of cascade into just a massive a mass amount of beer getting sold from dance house mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's something to like at least talk about. And as I was saying, we haven't done any like PR at all. You yeah. know, it's just been off our own like social media. Or this is what's happening. Um, really, we've had one kind of article in Decoded magazine, which is an online magazine. Um, mm-hmm. And we did have like interest from DJ Mag that wanted us to give, I think it was like 400 free beers a month or something ridiculous and we were like 400 free beers you know just so it would be shown on your live stream um but there would be people there you know that could open the doors but this is the problem in your small business um it's hard to kind of get over that threshold and if you look at all these kind of businesses like as i said i've got belfield right next to me you know they've had you know they've raised funds for it you know all the breweries are and they're they're getting like quite a lot but it's meaning they can actually open a brewery you know they can actually start moving with this. I mean, obviously, Belfield is the gluten-free. You know, yeah. that was their tagline. That's what they went with, and it's working for them, you know. Um, 
And I feel like as well, it is one of those things you just get one door open and then it can keep going because a lot of these venues will know the owners of other venues. Same with the yep. nighttime industries. It's got like 50,000 members and a lot of those members are all the owners or managers of these places. Definitely. That's what I was going to say earlier. I didn't, I didn't really get a chance to, to jump in. You were talking about the, the venue in Dundee. Um, you know, that's quite prestigious and, and dance circles and stuff. And um, although, you know, you'll always get people in cities and towns and stuff that want to go out to the local nightclub, you know, if, if it's a DJ that's playing or if it's a if it's a big venue, you know, like, a, you know, iconic venue in the dance scene, you're going to get people that travel, you know, you know you're going to get people that travel from all over to, to experience that night. So that that's the kind of thing that could open doors. You know, if you get your beer into that club that everybody always goes to no matter what the night is then they'll be able to pass that back to their local mm-hmm. venue you know yeah I, I remember um i can't remember the dj's name for the life of me and i, I was trying to fiercely google away and there where we were, we were chatting away and i cannot remember and there was a dj playing a room at the top in bathgate and uh not wasn't What's the what's the laser quest? What what's that? What that used to be? The by McDonald's. Ah, it's room at top. I was at room at top. I was right. I was right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it's a shit. It was a shit hole. We never went. But this one night, this DJ was playing, and I was like, I'm gone. I don't care. I was like, I'm gone there because this one DJ was playing. I'm trying to, for the life of me trying to remember who it was, and I'm struggling to death. But the um, boys. But, uh, probably the Venga Boys, to be fair. <laughs> probably was the Venga Boys. But that's the kind of pool these kind of people have. Like, you can, like, people will travel, like you're saying, to, to, to these venues that they might not want to go or are not interested in going just because of that, that person's playing there. And it's definitely a pool, man. It's definitely a pool. Like, it's, it's a great way to work it. Like you said, if you, and if you're pairing it, if you're getting these collaborations with DJs and stuff, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I think I think it all comes down, unfortunately, dare I say, to funds and money. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a good kind of avenue to go down. As I said, in the dream world, if it was, you would have your own kind of, well, I'd like to call them the, the little dance houses. Yep. <laughs> Around <laughs> town, you know. I, yep. um, um, you know, we could sync so, so many things up with that you know and we would have like a local crowd of like local djs and we could bring in bigger ones but then we would obviously control the kind of you know the alcohol that was being sold okay the beer for instance and go along with that um and even like i was chatting to the people in alchemist and i even said to them do you have a beer cocktail and i know that sounds really far like left field kind of thing um but even like maybe even moving into like because we did get asked this once because um I know someone was trying to brew spirits and um Rap was chatting about it and he's like some guy really wants to brew spirits in the like in the brewery and I was like hmm and I was thinking what a dance house vodka like you know that's that's not a bad show not a bad idea not a bad idea yeah I'll not um, touch, touch it because if I touch spirits I'm a goner. <laughs> Spirit send me off the wall. <laughs> I'll, quite happily, yeah. I'll quite happily try it for you. you can take such a, you're such a child, girl. No, I, can, I can't help spirits. You can go fuck yourself, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
Uh, what's the what's the plans? The future plans for dance house, Claire. So future plans would be try and get a few festivals. There was quite a few last year, but because of COVID, once again destroying our lovely hope that we had, um, that kind of got smushed. So probably trying to at least get one or two festivals in the mix to do a collaboration. I was on the phone to one the other day. Funnily enough, it's really far afield. It's in Surrey. <laughs> <laughs> close for me. But, um, yeah. yeah, so there's that. There's kind of pairing up with nightclubs um, as well, or events would be the main one. I'd really like to have a launch event because we've never properly done one, and it'll be coming mm -hmm. up for two years in October. So, like, I know it's a bit late, but why not? Yeah. Um, and that'd be quite good to just get some of some certain amount of people that you could talk to, maybe even about it. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing nowadays. Nobody has time for anyone really um, to chat to you about their, their company or what have you. So, you know, uh, I know that. I'm always running out of time. Um, I'd be really keen to do a lager. That's one thing I've always been keen to do from the very beginning because, dare I say, we are talking about like the Heinekens and the tenants and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Everyone. So, as soon as they don't see you have a lager, it's a bit like, oh, you know, is that audience going to like it? Yep. Um, so, I'd really like something like that. Um, and I'm looking mainly for collaborations. Um, and I don't know, it would be really interesting, I think, because I don't think Rab has ever done this at all either. Um, to do a collaboration with another brewery would be something I'd be really interested in and see. What what breweries have you, what breweries have you seen out there? You go, you know what, I'd love to do that. I know, the, uh, the, uh, no offence to Rab. Um, if we if we say Rab's not in the equation and there's, and you've got you've got your your so many years down the line you've got your own brew house mm -hmm. etc. Um, um, mine would be probably I'm quite interested in Overtone because I think that's a really interesting combo. They're kind of like beer. Fantastic idea. Yeah, that they have, and I think we'd work in really well with them. Overtone dance people. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, dance people. They've done quite a few things that I thought oh, okay. Um, they're quite cool. Who was the other one that I was going to say? Um, they're my main one, I think, really, out of all of them. That be the, that's the one I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that not one. A ba it's not a bad bloody choice. I'm not going to like it. No, it's not a bad bloody... Like, I've, I'm a... Oh, Gatton. He's a fanboy. Massive fanboy. Massive fanboy. Well, you've got them in the background. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wee poster over there. There's a yeah, I'd be saying, this there. isn't on. If this was, like, the video going online, I'd be like, no, we should yep. just like your poster. <laughs> poster, there's there's t-shirts. Well, uh, there's probably, I think there's one overtone beer left. There's a couple, there's a couple of empties. <laughs> yeah, so they like done one like even that's on their site as well, like like Night of the Disco and stuff like that. I think it would just be a really interesting collaboration with that. And I think yeah. it'd be interesting just because they're also in, in Scotland. Yes. Uh, I think being like, you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh are two different, like totally uh, two different scenes when it comes to mm -hmm. you know everything from like the, the the people to the you know the culture all the rest of it um and i always find it really funny like when we're, we're speaking to brews about you know the differences um between glasgow and edinburgh but you can't really deny that overtone are the the kind of the kings of craft beer in glasgow at the moment like i'm I'm doing a quick check over in my head as I've kind of made that sweeping statement, but mm -hmm. I'm, right. I'm, and I know obviously there is a number of huge 
you know, macro laggers that come from that side of the country as well. Um, you know, so in terms of overall beer, I get it. But from a craft point of view, there's probably there's probably no one that I would have over them um, and been able to pull that and drive that sort of style um, into the, I'm just going to say it, the dance houses and the dance halls of uh, Glasgow. Um, I, know, I feel like I, we need I, a thing. There, he said it again. <laughs> no, and drink. Um, I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time he says dance house, we should have done that or dance hall. Dance halls. Yeah. Um, That's 100%. it. We need to drink it now. Next. In the discotheques of uh, Glasgow, I think it's just uh, an absolute uh, win. And like you say, uh, the, the chances are they would probably be up for doing stuff like that as well because it's a different market and things, and uh, knowing how you know creative they are with, with stuff. So, um, I think yeah. that their branding as well is just like it's quite simplistic, but it works. Um, and I think it's quite interesting how many different flavors they kind of go with. Like they really try and go out there. I think. Someone's I'm like, no. I'm not going to get stuck in this because I would be here all day. But as soon well, as I walk, as soon as I walk in a, a tap room and that or whatever a bottle shop, and I see that circle, I'm like, yes. It doesn't matter if it's that color or that color. I'm like, I know what I'm getting. Fun, fun so just, just showing off my empties there. Only reason I keep my empties, by the way, I'm not an alky. It's because I'm I'm sticking them to my fridge. That's all. That's not a well, madalki. Claire, just um, getting Gav off uh, overtone for uh, at least a, a couple of minutes. Um, what about getting um, like getting your beer like poured at you know like craft beer festivals? If it's obviously I know Glasgow's coming up this year. Um, so that's one that's yeah, that's one that I have contacted, and they said yeah, definitely send some down, you know, to try it or what have you. The one thing I would say is they said don't bring anything down that's quite like out there they wanted something really that was just like your straight paleo kind of thing um yeah but no that's something i've always wanted to do um i know rap's done a few but i've never done one um and it would be really interesting i think because i think we could have a, a, a totally different kind of vibe with our um kind of stand or what have you totally. yeah, exactly. yeah. um whether it's me DJing on the side and getting my friends to pour the pints, who knows? <laughs> um, no, I, I think it would. I think it would be good for just seeing that beer crowd because the people. I have to say, the people that have bought from us online are a bit of a mixed bag. Um, a lot of them are actually crafty folk, and they want to try it, and they're like, "Oh, a new one! Like, let's totally try this." And I have to right. like send love out to the people that totally supported us from the beginning. You know, we've had one customer buy from us like. I think three or four times you know and happily have a chat online you know um about dance music or or what have you we always wanted to do one really funnily enough a box where we were either celebrating like a decade or mm -hmm. like a specific part of um dance whether mm -hmm. it was a rave scene or something and then like bring out certain people um that would be something i would really be interested in doing um but then there's even part of me that's like, wonder what it'd be like to do something that was like really local and do like an Edinburgh one, like an Edinburgh batch. And here's like the big people that are from Edinburgh, big groups like the Edinburgh Disco Lovers. See the weird, see the weird thing. See the more we talk, and it, the weird thing for me. So we've, we've obviously we've spoken, we've had like overtone vote city north northern monk and st that in the podcast. For me, like just talking to yourself, I feel like there's when we're chatting away, 
there's so many more ideas and avenues that you've got you you can go down mm-hmm. and you can venture down in terms of how you want to take the business and 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 grow it maybe more so than like with the bigger boys or the yeah. more established breweries where they're can that's them they're stuck in their ways that's the track they're going down where i feel like with 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 dance house brewing there's so many different avenues where you like you said we've, we've mentioned about four or five in this podcast but ideas that have popped in our head all with like, a big idea to do that or you could do that there's so many different things which is really really exciting and obviously you probably sit there every day going what fuck what wonder pick holy shit <laughs> Or if you knew me, you'd know that I'm someone that I'll try and do as many things as possible. Um, and that's kind of how the shape of the company was. I mean, you've just tried, I mean, you're saying there a Brute IPA. And I, I was the same. I was like, oh, Brute IPA. I was like, should we try it? I was like, let's just give it a bash, you know, and see what it's like. Um, and as I said, they're limited. So, like, they're limited editions. Whether we do them again is different, like, views. So we did do the Funk Club. That's the only one we've ever run again is, like, a limited edition. Um I can always bring them back later on but you know i heard someone the other day i was in a beer shop actually you know chatting to them about maybe taking the beer and stuff and they were like oh everyone's after i don't know what brand it was but it was like a pineapple flavor was it pineapple pale or pineapple ipa someone was really after that some i don't know if what it was leaf. pineapple upside down stout oh shut up mark no i don't think it was that yeah, it wouldn't be that one. That's a uh, that's a beer that I've asked a couple of breweries to make for me as a bit of a laugh, and uh, the boys always take the piss because I ask for breweries to make silly and weird oh, yes, styled beers. beers just Grant, to, uh, granted that that beer was already made by Amundsen. Uh, Amundsen. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, any kind of uh, suggestions? That's the thing as well. Like being oh, small, Claire, don't, just, Claire, don't. No, Claire. I know, but like, no, don't, no. hold on. Let's get the notepad. <laughs> oh, oh here he goes. Up. Here he goes. Yeah, I don't know where that notepad is. I had so many great ideas. Um, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Remember, bomb one. you want to be able to drink it and still be able to move. So, stouts are not really on the menu. <laughs> True. So, do you have a strawberry, strawberry bonbon or something? Uh, strawberry bomb. What about a pink lemonade Kavik IPA? It's pretty um out there. I don't know if my audience will say yes. <laughs> oh, uh, I, had a I would say pop and candy one, which I think would fit your audience. Like, I feel like... dance mag- <coughs> Anyway, I'm not going to go under the title. We had one for a wee while, a working title. Probably someone will nick it now, but like we had one, and I was going to call it Trippy Hop. Like and that's what that sounds like to me. It's a bit trippy taking those flavors. That's a bit trippy. That's a so, good thing. That's a good thing. I, I need to mention. I need to ask because there, it's on the can. But I see there's like a a Spotify like sort oh, of yeah. sound bar yeah. um, on there. Just for how does that work? Do I just scan that into my phone or something? Or? Yeah. So straight away pop up Spotify on your phone. So cool. uh, see, I won't lie. I had to Google this. I felt dead old. I was like, how the fuck do you do that? Oh, you know what? They actually changed it on the app the other day because it was so funny because I was showing someone and I was like, wait a minute, it's changed. I was like, I had to Google it as well and go, where did you find that? And funnily enough, I'm I'm, I'm probably in the same kind of aspect as I was last time. Uh, Apparently, you go on your Spotify app, you push the search button, you push the bar at the top and then there's a little camera. Yeah, you click the camera. And you click the camera, oh. and bada-bing, bada-boom. Yeah, and then you scan it. 
So there if you've you go. got Spotify, go have a go. That's what I would say. It's quite fun because it just picks it up instantly. It picks it up instantly, and here's where it all gets because the music. And there you go. I've got a wee bit of basement jacks in the go. Oh, well, there's my. Uh, that'll be my uh, afternoon sorted or tomorrow when I just shout at Alexa, telling her to play the the dance dance houses Bruins um, Spotify playlist or something. So. Yeah, yeah. It come, I think it's they're all coming as a. I've got them all here actually. Dance House Brewing. But no, you say the flavour, so it'd be like Acid House Dance House Brewing playlist. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I made them all. So there's another thing that I've done as well. But yeah, that was um, my business partner. Dare I say I'll give him credit on that? His my business partner was like, oh, we could put a code on it, and I'm like, oh, we could. So uh, you know, as the thing goes, if you buy, say, the Garage Bevy as you were drinking. You know, you're gonna get like UK garage kind of sound. So that's the other thing that I have to think of as well when I even make the beers now, because it's like um, trying to work that round. No, <laughs> it's bad. See, you know what? I'm bad. See, in the car, I'm, I've got my phone attached to the car. It's skip, 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 and they're all they're all songs that are on my library. So it's not like it's going through a generic. I'm like that shit, that shit, shit, no. Two minutes. Yeah. I, that, I would. I would be an absolute nightmare doing that. Absolute nightmare. But it's a uh, good idea. Though. I like it. So you're meant to drink this drink basically while we listen to the soundtrack at home. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And where's the best place, Claire, for people to grab hold of your beers? Probably online. Dare I say? Um, online's the easiest. If you're really feeling uh, fancy and you want something a bit different, you can always mail me on Instagram. I would say, um, or on Facebook through Dance House um, because, you know, I, I'm happy to do like a mixed bag sometimes, you know, if we've got them there, you know, we happily do like mixed beers. But on our shop at the moment, I think we still have, yeah, we've got mixed series three, four and five, and then we've just got our techno liquor that we always have as like our mainstay yeah, um, that we brought back in again. Um, but there's a few interesting collections there. I think you guys got sent the mixed series three, if I'm correct which is actually the one that we have the most of. Very low in numbers. I think, if anything, there might only be about one, like one, two, three packs left, to be honest, because that's been our most popular, um, because there's just such a collection in there. And yeah. then our other ones we have, we've got a few bits, because we kind of experimented with can sizes as well. We really are going to just focus on the 330s, I think, and the 440s. But we did do 500s. We did Lost Club Life and Funk funk club and 500s um and then we did another run of them um but yeah hopefully we've not looked to apart from the lager one is the one i'm going to kind of really focus on i think moving forward is our next kind of beer that we bring out and try and make that like a core um apart from that we don't really have any new kind of flavors we've been thinking of lately but i think that will change in the next month or two i really need to look at that but yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so get yourself on the website uh, dancehousebrewing.com and that's house with a H-A-U-S dance house <laughs> yeah German <laughs> that's what we not to our German counterpart did I say um, that was uh, I've, I've been the whole podcast I've been dying to say it like that and I'm like just don't do it don't, <laughs> do, it. don't do it yeah that's what we love to say <laughs> um, no it's a wee nod I think we thought it was cooler than putting house in, dare I say. And I think, as I said to you, my brothers are obsessed with German beer. So, so like, yeah, let's put it as a house instead. Definitely looks better. 
It looks better. Mm. It does look better, and it sounds more fun. We could have went Scottish. We could have had Hoos. Then that was a no go. <laughs> nah, nah. House, Dan's house is a lot better. Uh, head over to the website danshousebrewing.com. Uh, um, as Claire mentioned, all those packs. Make sure you go and pick some of them up as well. Head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and go like, follow, and share all their content. And while you're at it as well, search for the Beer Fridge Podcast, like, follow, and share. As always, we're sponsored by This Week in Craft Beer. Head to This Week in Craft Beer. Since the free weekly newsletter, got the craft beer news from your favourite breweries and that all-important new beer list as well. This Week in Craft Beer. We are powered by Patreon. Head to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast gain access to exclusive content and get some homebrew from the guys as well which i i hear is uh the bollocks it's tough it's on the way it's tough it's, it's conditioning it's conditioning at the moment uh, it'll be with us in uh, a couple of weeks a week sounds good, good guys sounds good uh, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast as always uh it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Claire. um it's been Really, really nice to talk to you, and I'm, I am behind this idea. I love this idea. Love, it. absolutely love it. Um, for myself, Cal, and Mark, and Claire on the Beer Fish Podcast, real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.